I've been at Salford for, for now, in a couple of weeks' time, it'll be 13 years, and we have been quietly getting on and, and doing things there, which it's only in the last couple of years or so that people have taken uh, some interest in. And uh, I've been asked to talk a little bit about um, what we've been doing and the journey that, um, that, that we've been taking. So let me start at the outset by, by saying that I, I was always attracted to this idea that um, uh, people like me, um, leaders, should be, uh, should be bold and, and, uh, and ambitious. And um, I've heard often that uh, we should be encouraged to, uh, to, to not look up, um, but look within uh, for, um, uh, for, uh, for our di direction. I have to say, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think that um, leaders, um, boards uh, in our healthcare system need to create ambition, uh, they need to be supporting uh, innovation, and they need to be managing um, improvements themselves rather than waiting to be told what it is that they should do. Uh, and so um, six or seven years ago, we said that we would have an ambition, and that would be to, to be the safest organisation uh, in the NHS. And, and I think being clear on purpose is, is what uh, a board should be about. They should say what it is that they want to do and what improvements they wish to see, and they should be explicit about saying how much they, they want uh, to, have, uh, uh, to, to have improvement um, uh, undertaken and by when. So I, I agree with, uh, with, with Ara's point about uh, measurement, which I'm going to come to, uh, is really, really important. Because unless you're saying what it is that you want to do and how much of it and by when, I think an organisation struggles to, to think about what its, uh, what its core purpose is. Now, when I came to Salford Royal 13 years ago, it's a, it's a great place. It always has been, um, and, uh, and, and I hope it always will be. But we had, uh, I can't remember, a healthcare commission, or, or um, there was uh, an, an organisation that was giving star ratings, and we, we didn't get one. And um, <laughs> so we, we, were, we were in a difficult place. So my, my first role was to get in some very basic systems that could, uh, that could give the board some feedback about... Uh, how well it was doing. Uh, we've now refined this, and people are, are interested in, in what we've done in getting those basic measurement systems in place. So this annual plan um, is, uh, is then assigned to different parts in our organisation and to people. It's risk assessed, uh, and um, uh, the only conversations we have with operations now are whether things are not to plan, so things, things get elevated. We don't have... I rarely have an executive team meeting. I rarely have um, a meeting with an operations uh, board. We only talk about things that are off plan when we're looking at uh, operational performance. So I, I, th I think 13 years ago when I arrived, uh, six years on, we were comparatively successful. And then I discovered when I was invited to, to be a sponsor for a speech therapist, Maxine Power, to go to the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. And I found when I was there... I couldn't take part in conversations people were having. I didn't understand at all standardised mortality rates. I knew that we were doing something about um, reducing uh, some of our infections, but I was listening to, uh, to people talk about what they were doing with preventing people from uh, slipping and falling and what, what they were doing for identifying people who had sepsis who came into their emergency departments. And I thought... Goodness me, this is, this is something I really, really do not know anything about. And, and, I, and I felt completely out of my depth when I 
sat there in those meetings. And it was a, it was a profound moment for me when I went back into our organisation and I told them about how I was feeling and that I really didn't understand this. And within, within a few months, thanks, thanks to Maxine Power and to uh, Elaine Inglesby, uh, my chief nurse, we decided we were going to do something. And hence the, the first quality improvement strategy, which was explicit about our intent to save lives and to reduce harm. So I just want to tell you a little bit about what I've done, because I think that I have changed those six years in. So when I look back over this last six years, I know that I'm a different person. I, I undertake my role differently from, from how, I, how I did before. So I understand a little bit about the, the power I have in my position and what leadership is about, about creating a culture. And to do that, you have to be situationally aware. Uh, I can't do it from being in my office. So... I spend some time, not as much as I would like, but I spend time working alongside staff. I'm given a uniform, I don't know where I'm going to go, and I'm told what I'm going to do. But the purpose is to understand what they're doing and to listen to them about some of the impediments that are in place within their wards or departments uh, and to really get their take on, on, on what's happening. It gives me an opportunity to talk to some of our, our patients too. So. In our quality improvement strategy, it's important that I talk to, to people about what they're doing for improvement. If they heard me talk about the money or waiting times, these are important things, but if that's what they were hearing me talk about, they'd soon get that you know, my, my real interest was not in improving the quality of our service. And I think leaders have to be authentic because you know really quickly those people who say one thing and then do something, something else. It's spotted immediately. Uh, so um, I realise that I am uh, generating signals and transmitting them all the time. So I love the, the saying, the currency of leadership is what leaders pay attention to. I, I, I think that's crucially important. I also understand now that my job is not to simplify complexity. I used to think it was, bring people in, get them around the table, do a bit of brainstorming, problem solve, got the solution, bang. Let's performance management manage it into the organisation. I am still learning. I mean, I have my, uh, you know, I'm inclined to do that, but I, I now know that you've got to go with the complexity. You have to understand it rather than to, to simplify it. And uh, I, I look at a, a lot of younger managers who haven't yet got that, and part of my role is to try and uh, teach them that uh, complexity is good and they shouldn't always try and simplify it. Measurement is crucial. Measurement powers improvement. If you want to change a system, you have to be able to know whether your intervention results in the improvement or not. It's good to get uh, the or, or not information as well. So if you come round to Salford Royal, you will, you will see we measure all the time in wards and departments who are involved in all of our improvement activities. These are skills that we have now supported our staff in. And you also see that measurement displayed on boards around the hospital. You know, when I first adopted our quality improvement strategy, I did say that you know, we at Salford Royal was perfectly designed to harm 850 patients a month, 10,000 patients a year. Uh, and we had these big banners that, uh, in the entrance, and that's what we said. You know, we harm 10,000 patients a year as you walked into the hospital. We then said what we were going to do about it. So I, I believe absolutely that the public need, to, need to, to know these things. And when we post them on whiteboards in front of every one of our wards that display 
just how good this ward is, because we have four, four um, ratings for each one of our wards, whether they're the worst ward in the hospital, we display it. And what I think that does is it changes the sense of accountability for our own staff. When they walk by that ward, they realise that that's their achievement, that's what they've done. And that's the conversation I have with them when I'm, when I'm working with them. What I've done completely differently, and, and, and I, it took me some time to understand this, but to really realise that I have to defer to where the expertise is in the organisation. It certainly isn't in my office. So we have a lot of systems in place which allow our staff to, to be creating the ideas themselves and to test those and to see whether they, whether, whether they work. We give them support. Uh, we have our improvement methods and we use those in a disciplined sense, but it's their ideas. What we then do is when we've got the evidence that those, those changes do have an impact, we do something called resetting the system, and that is adopting and spreading that then across the, the whole of the organisation, and we have audit processes once a, once a quarter. We're quite disciplined in this, um, and that's what allows us to, uh, to give wards and departments their feedback as to whether they have uh, adopted what we know works, works well. We have discussions all the time about accountability in the organisation, and I realise that I preside over a disconnected hierarchy. And those of you who work in healthcare organisations will know what I mean. That if you asked everybody in, in, uh, in any of our organisations to hold on to a piece of string, uh, and if you could see me as the chief executive pulling on that piece of string, somehow it would slip through the fingers of some of our people. And, and you know who many of those people, people would be. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, there's no, there's no um, direct criticism here. It's just that that's the way it is. And you have to recognise that or else people like me start to write annual plans and, you know, we think that people are listening and they're not at all. You know, they're, they're simply they're not interested. They're, they're, doing, they're doing the things that they attach importance to. And quite rightly, what you have to have is alignment and that's, you know, that's where I struggle, but we recognise it and we talk about alignment and we have systems in place that allow us to measure that. So I was, um, I was quite taken uh, about six years ago. I was hearing colleagues from GE talk about their, their brutally simple approach to having their nine-box grid to make assessment of uh, individuals' performance. Now, we, we've modified that, and, but we do have something in place now where, where staff are assessed, not through appraisal systems, those, we have those as well, but assessment as to their individual contribution to the goals and priorities of the board and the values as well. So, yes, we have values like everybody else, but uh, those have been designed by our staff. But what we did was to, to work with occupational psychologists to translate those into behavioural anchors, which then allow us to make an assessment. Now, we use reward, recognition and reward in, in our organisation. We've been very quiet about this, um, and... Uh, uh, although we have a collective grievance that's, that's uh, stayed on the table for five years from, from our trades unions, it's never been, uh, never been prosecuted. People in Salford Royal don't get their annual increment unless they've been able to, um, uh, to describe and they've been assessed as um, providing a reasonable contribution to the goals and the values of the trust. And this includes everybody, me, the consultant staff, our healthcare assistants, our nurses, everybody. And clinical excellence awards are also determined on that, on that basis as well. And one of the things that, um, that, that we did, and, and Chris and I were talking about this over, uh, over coffee beforehand, is in our conversations about accountability, decided to, to no longer have the post of a director of operations. The person who 
every single day comes out with you know blood and you know grit and all over their bodies because they're having to deal with some of the messiness of um, organizational life but a lot of a lot of knowledge and power exists in in that one person and i thought if we're going to have real accountability in all our organization and uh, to give that to our senior clinical staff then they need to really feel that they have that responsibility so we no longer have a director of operations our divisional chairs are responsible they have a managing director reporting to them and our clinical directors consultants and all other member of staff reports the uh, the managing director it's not perfect we have our difficulties but it changed the dynamics of the organization fundamentally about giving power into the organization for people to be able to take that responsibility all of our executive directors act now as coaches to those those divisions they don't direct they don't tell people what to do that's done in the way that we set our annual plan and give people their their goals and objectives but it is for the divisions to determine themselves how they're going to achieve that it is through our learning collaboratives that we make the progress by getting staff to come up with the ideas which we then adopt if there if there is evidence so in my role now i i think the my greatest aim is to really know that our staff are giving something which I can't command of them, and that's their discretionary effort. And I don't know whether you know we're getting all of it from all the people all the time, but I do know that it feels different um, from where I was six years ago. Any of you who, who come to Salford, I, I mean, I hope you get that sense. There is, and always has been, a great esprit de corps within the organisation. But I think that that is, you know, it is now palpable. It really is very, very different. I feel incredibly proud of our people in, in Salford Royal. I mean, they, 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 are, they are fabulous. And I'm not complacent, though. So whilst we, you know, for three years running now, we've, in the National Staff Satisfaction Survey, been rated as the highest acute trust, if you actually get in and have conversations with staff, you'll find that it's not good. So whilst we're proud of that, there is still so much more to be done. So let me end just by saying, I think that I have a really privileged role, which I'm, you know, I am redefining and, and understanding in my organisation now. But back to what I said at the beginning, I think the job of, of, of a leader in our, in our healthcare organisations is to be bold and ambitious um, and to, uh, to be really supportive and engaging of our, our staff so that they can give of their best. Thank you.